Yes, indeed. Coming up to 12 past one, and among other things, we're talking about um, halftime and pre-match entertainment at next weekend's NRL Grand Final. Um, the entertainment packages have already been uh, locked in, so Ian Moss will be uh, performing among other artists as well. Uh, but uh, in um, unlimited budget, who would you like to have? And we're playing a little bit of music throughout the afternoon as well, which I think is good. Um, Sometimes we take things a bit too seriously, don't we? But well done, Penny Panthers. Well done, South Sydney. They are through to the decider next weekend at uh, Brisbane Suncorp Stadium. Uh, joining us on the line now is AAP journo Scotty Bailey, and he, he jumps on the line most Sundays now. He's become quite a regular on NRL Match Day. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you, bud? Marking in my diary for 1 o'clock every Sunday or thereabouts these days. Well, beautiful, beautiful. I, I, we, uh, my panel opsy is a bit rusty today, and he, he, I, I missed the, the top uh, of what you, what Scotty said. Then what? I haven't panelled for about a month, Chris. Are you okay? You yeah, want I'm me to fine. Come and show you the I'm way. Fine. Yeah, you could if you want. I'm going to start again. Hey, Scotty, how are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. Uh, I was just saying, I put it in my diary every week for one o'clock now. Not that it was fantastic. that exciting what I said, so we could have carried on. <laughs> Fan- fantastic. Well, I guess it's, um, I don't know who you tipped. Uh, not many people were tipping Penrith yesterday, Scott, but they, they got through. Um, and uh, really good news that Nathan Cleary um, wasn't even charged. It was placed on report for a lifting tackle. And it would have been, I think, laughable if he had to go to the judiciary or anything. But um, a sigh of relief for him. Yeah, big sigh of relief for Nathan Cleary, not charged. Um, I don't think they're out to clear entirely, Penrith. They've still got James Fisher-Harris and... Uh, Tavita Pangai off for scans tomorrow, from what, as I understand it, on the Sunshine Coast on their knees. I think Tavita Pangai is probably the bigger concern. Some suggestion it could be a medial ligament damage. So if that was the case, he he would be you know, unlikely, I would suggest, to play next Sunday night. So good news for Penrith, but not great news, I guess. The, the thing about Penrith yesterday, I thought too, like you mentioned not many people thought they'd win. I, I certainly didn't, but it just showed defensively the best defensive teams win finals matches and even in this era of attack it, you know it's, it's proved that again this weekend oh, it's just crazy I, I was saying earlier I don't know if you're listening but can you believe they've scored four tries in three consecutive games over those three games mm. only four tries and that has been enough to book a grand final berth yeah but in you're right but at the same time I think like this season and last season they've only conceded 11.9 points per game which is incredible it's the same figure both years um and that's the least since Melbourne 2007. So, well, I think we all get carried away with their attack quite often when they're attacking well. You know, and obviously they're not attacking great at the moment, but we all get carried away with their attack. But it's the defence that's actually, I think, the stronger aspect of their game. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to work out. So, if they, um, so Fisher Harris got a knee complaint. He, he they'll desperately need him. And I think Tavita, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Tavita Pangai Jr., if, if he's not able to make it in, I'm just trying to work out who would... Um, uh, who um, Leoda did not play either, did he? So Leoda didn't play, so I think I think he'll be fine. So I think Leoda comes in. So that, that's one option in their uh, TPJ. Yeah. We've got yeah. Eisenhoff as well. That they've, you know, and Spencer Lenny, you played for the first time a little while last night. So they've, they've actually got a bit of depth there in the front row. It's probably where they're... Or in their forwards, because obviously... Um, Pangai Jr. can sort of play on an edge or in the middle. So I, don't, I know he could be the man out, but what I'm saying is that they've got a fair bit of depth there across their whole forward pack, to be honest. All right. I'm talking to uh, Scotty Bailey, AAP Journo, and a very good one at that um, about all things uh, rugby league and the wash-up after the weekend's two prelim finals. Uh, yesterday, obviously, Melbourne Storm, their chances were really impacted, weren't they, with the loss uh, to both HIAs, Christian Welch 
and Brandon Smith um, sort of early on or midway through the first half. Um, what was the story with, with Welch? There's a bit of controversy about that uh, with the trainer stopping play. Yeah, it was. And I must admit, immediately, I thought that he had to go off the field. That's the rule. We thought we that last yeah. week with, yeah, with Mitch Kenny. Yeah, so um, I've spoken to Anna on that one. The, the, the rule actually is that if the trainer stops play for any injury other than a head injury, then the player must be removed for two minutes of game time. But if it, to check a head injury, right. the player can stay on the field if they pass that on-field assessment, which obviously Christian passed that on-field assessment. And then um, there was more controversy, I guess, because he ended up coming off, I think it was six minutes later or something like that. But yeah. that's where the sideline doctor and the bunker look at the incident, look at how he fell, whether he, you know, yeah. braced himself where he showed signs of concussion as he fell and that's when they hauled him off. I mean, that's a long time, that six minutes. That's longer than normal and not entirely sure why it took that long. Uh, but in terms of the initial stoppage of play, uh, Melbourne were right to be able to keep him on the field. I saw Nathan too, clearly. He, he, he had the wobbly boot on too coming out of a tackle, but um, there was no HIA required for that. Yeah, that was a funny one, wasn't it? It, it sort of it looked like he recovered very quickly um, like as in obviously he stayed down for a second he, he wobbled but then once he was back up he looked fine uh, but they talk about sometimes the players talk about and you probably understand this yeah. far better than I do that you kind of you almost you get stung for a second sometimes yeah. when, when you cop one and, and even you know there's a lot of talk about Jerome Luai and whether he should have been allowed back on the field because he said he he, you know, I think his words were that he blacked out for you know a second then he second, you know, yeah. came back to light and uh, I get the sense that, you know, and he's since said that he passed his HIA, HIA with flying colours. So I get the sense they most, both might have been cases where they were sung and then they were fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they, so you probably understand that better than I do. Oh, no, yeah, it, it can happen. I know exactly what they what they mean. And it's just that, um, you know, it's almost black and white, isn't it? Well, it used to be. I don't know if the rules changed. If, if there's symptoms of a player, if they do have the wobbly boot, even if it is for a, a split second, I... I I think that was almost a mandatory HIA, at least a, a year or two ago it was. But, you know, I do understand yeah. exactly what they're both saying there. Now, Wayne v. Ivan. This is going to be tasty, this build-up this week, isn't it? It's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny last night, Ivan. Um, you know, and, and Ivan's made a real point since that week one loss to try and, you know, obviously he had a fair bit to say in the press conference after the game. And, he, you know, speaking to him since, he's made a real point to avoid adding fuel to the fire on this and, and hasn't, you know, brought it up at all. He's been asked multiple times whether it was a distraction, whether, you know, he still holds his opinion. And, you know, he just kept saying, yes, I said what I said because I believe it, that's it and moves on. But he's going to get asked a lot more this week. And, you know, it's, it's not so much just what Ivan does, but, Wayne, Wayne will use this to his advantage. He he loves the distraction. He loves getting talk away from you know every, every moment that's spoken about uh, kick blockers and and whatnot is a moment that's not spoken about Blake Taff as a rookie fullback and a moment that's not spoke about you know whether Cody Walker can deliver in a big game. So um, Wayne, Wayne will use this to his absolute advantage this week. And you know as I said a few weeks ago on this show he. He was able to use the kick blockers um, debate very much to his advantage in State of Origin last year. I, I still believe and understand that after game two, um, Wayne Bennett and Queensland went to the NRL and questioned New South Wales tactics. Uh, you, know, you don't have to look much further than the fact that Isaiah Yo was, was locked for New South Wales, just as he is for Penrith. 
and Christian Welch was able to have more of an impact in game three last year, uh, pressuring Nathan Cleary. So, you know, it's very much in Wayne's best interest that the NRL are clamping down and, and strict on Penrith's kick blockers, whether, you know, you believe that every team does it or not. That's what Isaiah Yo suggested last night, but Wayne will want a big deal made out of it. Well, they were all talking. That was the sort of talk, wasn't it, um, when these teams faced off in, in week one, was around that slanging match between Wayne and, and Ivan. Um, and, and this time, it's a little bit unusual, Wayne, in his press conference. Um, this time, he's talking about his former club, stuff that happened three or four years ago. What's that all about? Is that him deflecting the attention off his players or what? Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> and even, you don't have to look much further than the fact that on on Friday, uh, no, sorry, Thursday morning, the back pages of the papers were talking about Wayne uh, talking to, you know, the, well, at least one of the possible 17 franchises in Queensland. I mean, Wayne can plant a story and deflect and, you know, and, and act like he had nothing to do with it better than anyone else. Wayne controls the message and whatnot so well. So, uh yeah, it took him one or two goes to respond to the questions about um, the Broncos up there, but of course it is because again, Wayne Wayne knows how to manage it. Wayne has no issue uh, talking about what happened with Brisbane because again, it's it's time that's not been spent talking about yeah, yeah any number of people in his team. So um, I'm sure we'll see more of that this week too. Well, South Sydney, we're hoping Adam Reynolds' groin injury is okay. Uh, we're running a little short of time because Brett Kamali's coming on, um, Scotty. But I want to talk about an article I read that you wrote about the Penrith development system. It's quite remarkable, isn't it, how much planning and science and foresight goes into the whole thing? Yeah, I must admit I really enjoyed this one. I've been um, doing a bit of digging and talking about it for a little while now, but finally got around to to writing it during the week um, out yesterday that it's fascinating. So it's just how they manage to get from, you know, essentially a junior base of 10,000 people or 10,000 players, sorry, in Penrith. And they've got satellite cities set up in Dubbo, Forbes and Bathurst that take in group 10 and group 11. Uh, it's about 5,000 uh, person junior base out there uh, into a 30 man NRL squad. So essentially they have an 80 strong academy at under 13s level that gets cut down to 50, 40, uh, by the time they get to under-15s. And concurrently, a similar system's being run by Penrith in the three satellite cities. And, and look, it's a long story, but basically the way they, they do it all, they've got, a, they've got a magnet board where they're moving players' progression along. It's how they also track how they have to make room in their salary cap to ensure that they can fit these kids in. So there's a Ben Harren, uh, sorry, Ben Harden's a guy out there who will say, look, in two years' time, you need to make sure you've got room to pay this young Jerome Luai X amount of money because he's going to be the next superstar of the NRL. So, you know, maybe James Maloney comes in for a couple of years, but we have to get him, move him away by then because Jerome Moore is going to be the man and you know, so on and so forth. Anyway, I found it fascinating to, to put together this week. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it too. And and a bit of self-interest there. I, I coach an under-13s team as well. So to, to, to see that Penrith's system is already identifying um, a big gr- a group of under-13s and, and keeping a close eye on them over the next few years, I, I don't think the same can be said for what's happening in, in, in my local rugby league area, for example. But a really good read, mm. mate. Hey, Scotty, thanks for uh, thanks, joining man. us, mate. Uh, Brett Kamali is going to be up uh, very shortly. Just before you're on your way to the break, if I was to ask you... Uh, favourite artist or musician that you would like to book for Grand Final Day? Who might that be? Look, I'm not great on the music front. Look, I think uh, Jimmy Barnes, Cold Chiefs, just worked great for a rugby league audience a few, few years ago. That's probably the way to go. But can I quickly say the, the great one for this one is 
Timmy Trumpet, whatever his name is, yes, the, the yes. man they've got this year. His name is actually Tim Smith. So it's good. Uh, 16 years after Parramatta bombed out and choked in the 05 final, <laughs> Tim Smith finally gets a spot on grand final day. Well, there you go. I was asking before, Scotty, is his name actually Trumpet? So Tim Smith, um, a.k.a. Timmy Trumpet, he will be performing. Lovely to chat to you, mate, and uh, nice stats there from you as well. well. We'll talk again next Sunday. Likewise. Sounds great. See you, Chris. Great stuff. Thank you, mate. There is Scott Bailey, AAP Journo. And uh, not all that big on his music, but uh, he said he does like a bit of cold chisel, don't we all?